In this episode of Fictional Hangover, we talk about fairy-blooming tomatoes. Being disheartened, convoluted, and actually dead, and saying goodbye to Sookie in our discussion of Dead Ever After by Charlene Harris. Hey everybody, welcome to Fictional Hangover, a podcast about young adult and new adult books, series, authors, and voice actors that is full of spoilers. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire, and today we're going to discuss Dead Ever After by Charlene Harris. Standard disclaimer, if you haven't read this book, please remember that Fictional Hangover is all about spoilers. If you haven't read or listened and don't want to be spoiled, stop listening to us and go read or listen to the book, (laughs) then come back. If you haven't done this but want to pretend that you have, or if you don't care about spoilers, or if you just like the show so much that you don't care about any of that, then listen up. It's the mustache. It's the mustache that's throwing me off today. Is it throwing? You're like tasting it. No, I can just, I can see it. It's a mustache. (laughs) We're doing that visual thing again. We are. are. But you know what? Join our Patreon and you'll be able to see it from now on. Everybody, everybody on Patreon, you get to watch and you get to watch and you get to watch. And me? And you. (gasps) I don't know what I would do if I had to go back and watch the entirety of an episode. (laughs) Cringe. I know I would cringe. <laughs> Why did you say that, Claire? Claire, shut what up. What's wrong with you? Shut up. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh. But no, it's fun. It's fun. We just don't want to experience it again because we already experienced it once. And I have also experienced it several other times because of editing. It is a magical power that you wield, though. So. It is. It is. I can do amazing things. <laughs> Speaking of amazing things, do you actually have any background information for the last Suki Stackhouse? Yes, book? I do, as a matter of fact. And actually, I have a lot of things that I can choose from because the end of this ebook has some questions that readers sent in to Charlene Harris to answer and there's so many of them I've got several but I think I think my favorite question is no this is not true but this is this is one of the better questions it is what is your personal favorite moment out of this series? And then the question goes on and is very flattering, whatever, whatever. But Charlene's response is that there are a few scenes in which she feels she fully achieved what she set out to do. One is the scene in Living Dead in Dallas in which Godric meets the sun. One is the explosion of the hotel in Altogether Dead. And she loves the scenes with Eric's maker, Appius, because he's such an ambiguous character whose pride is ultimately his downfall. So I really liked that question, and it made me like want to go back and talk about favorite moments of the series, which we might have to yeah. do at some point, just like a final wrap-up, since this is 13 books of of 52 that we've covered 
That's a lot. That's yeah. a big chunk. That is a lot. Yeah. That is a big chunk. Yeah. Um, wow. There were also several questions about, like, when she decided that Sookie was going to end up with who Sookie ended up with, which I don't want to spoil because that actually happens in this book. Um, and then, like, will Sookie ever have a child? And lots of things. But the question that I really, really liked, and it's also in her response... <laughs> In Dead Until Dark, after Gran passes away, whatever happened to her car? <laughs> and, her, and, and her response is, what happens to her car? My goodness, I assume Sookie sold it to someone. It wasn't worth much. But like, why is that a question? That you need to know the answer to. Hey, you know what? I give credit to that person because every single thing, every financial transaction that Sucky ever does is detailed in these 13 books. It's, that is So very the fact true. that she's missed one very pivotal piece and that person's picked up on it, all power to them. Yeah, and also there was a big to-do with Sucky needing a car and Tara selling her one for a dollar yes. or some such, like. But she'd had grams. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I just really, really liked that question. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I love the detail of it. Yes, me too. <sighs> do you have? Do you have any initial thoughts? Or, I mean, like Stood. I said, 13th book, like... We've reached the end. <sighs> it is done. done. It has been fun. It has been long. It has been a slog at times. But it's been ridiculous I was, and I've loved it. That was going to be my one word. It's been ridiculous. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> This one is it's not over yet. <laughs> exactly. It's not over yet. All right. Here we are. Our final Sookie book begins elsewhere. Back in time several months. And in a third person perspective. What? A businessman who turns out to be Copley Carmichael, Amelia's father, and his driver, Tyrese, are meeting with a devil in order to sell their souls to get rich again, Copley, and to get the stripper love of his life, Tyrese. Copley has been run thin since Katrina, and now he's hoping to be on top again. Things turn around for Copley, and he meets with the devil again sometime later in New Orleans at a restaurant and asks him to find... A Cluviel door. <gasps> he heard from Amelia that her friend Sookie had one, and he wants to make a wish that Amelia will be closer to him and use her witch powers, which he uh, believes in now, at least a little, probably to make him more powerful. This is not a wholesome wish. No, I don't feel no, it. There is no Father of the Year award going to, to Copley. I'm not feeling it at all. No. You know what, though? Sookie's already used the Cluviel door. <laughs> Which makes Copley mad. Now, 
He wants to ruin Sookie's life. <laughs> As you do. Of course. Of course. Luckily, <laughs> Mr. Cataliades happens to be sitting at a table nearby and hears all of this. <laughs> In another elsewhere, this time on a beach, a tall man and a medium man who turn out to be the former Fellowship of the Sun Reverend Steve Newland and sleazy lawyer Johann Glassport get together and also plan to take Suki down. Steve is approached by Johan and knows exactly who he's talking about when Steve mentions a girl causing his downfall and putting his wife in jail. It seems someone sent Johan to find Steve, but who and why? Mysteries. God's the worst reveal in history. (laughs) But he's a tall man and a medium man. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. Suki wakes up the morning after resurrecting Sam and finds him outside and acting very weird because he died, obviously. No one is going to be 100% normal after literally being dead. They both take time off from Merlots and everyone thinks they've got something going on because they both called in sick with the flu on the same day. Suki calls Sam's mom, Bernie, because she thinks Sam needs some help coping. Suki spends several days away from work eating tomatoes. Before he left for fairy, taking all the fairies with him, Niall fairy-blessed Suki's land, and now all her flowers and trees and vegetables are fairy-blooming like crazy. (laughs) fairy Elsewhere, again, Arlene, Suki's former best friend who went bonkers for the Fellowship of the Sun and who tried to crucify Suki a million books ago, is released on bail from prison. Reverend Steve Newland paid her bail with Johan Glassport, acting as her lawyer, and now the two men have plans for her. They tell Arlene that they, and some others, have been wronged by Suki, and now she's going to come into some trouble. All they want her to do right now is to go into Merlot's, talk to a few people, and try to get her old job back. Yeah, yeah. That's gonna work. That's gonna work real well. (sighs) Suki. So I'm I'm, I'm looking at that phrase, fairy blooming, and I'm just freaking loving it. I know. I'm sorry. Look, I'm sorry, everyone. (laughs) Let me just interject here. 13 books in, the sarcasm is high. Do not apologize for sarcasm. <laughs> we discussed this earlier today. I live on cynicism and sarcasm. That's basically what I'm made up of. <laughs> it's intense. It is intense in this one. Anyway. Back in the room. Suki decides she needs to go see Eric and figure out what's going on with him. But when she gets to Fantasia, she's pretty much turned away at the door. Pam says not to come back until Eric calls her, so that's not good. She texts later that Eric will see her in a few days. Suki eats more tomatoes and then (laughs) decides to try to get herself out of her funk. She cleans up and organizes all the drawers in her room and goes shopping with Tara. While she's out, she sees a young werewolf from Alcide's pack who's afraid of her because of her big magic. That one should actually be in quotes. It was literally called Big Magic. 
whatever. Sugi just wants to buy a dress. <laughs> she kind of explains what happened with Sam and why the werewolf is kind of afraid of her to Tara after they leave. And Tara kind of understands. And it's kind of nice. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> that night, Bill comes by. He heard a little bit about what happened the night Sugi revived Sam and says that Eric is mad and that he has another daughter. Karen, whom we've never heard of, but who looks almost exactly like Pat. <laughs> Fucking Karen! Eric has a type. <laughs> Bill says that Karen came around asking him questions about Sucky, but not really in a like menacing kind of way. So, you know, that's good. Mm-hmm. Bill and Sucky talk about the Grooveal door and how Eric expected her to want to use it on him and how she probably wouldn't have used it on just any old friend who died right in front of her. As he leaves, Bill tells Sucky she doesn't know herself very well, hinting that secretly, deep down on the inside, she's in love with Sam. <sighs> Sucky and Sam, hmm. sitting in a tree, K-I-S-S-I-N-G, eating tomatoes. Eating tomatoes. <laughs> the next day, Sookie eats a tomato. Wait. She does. She does. I'm sure Every she does. Every freaking I'm day. sure she does. Excuse me. She goes to work, and we're introduced to another new character, On, who is another waitress at Merlot's that everyone likes. Kennedy tells Sookie that a former waitress came by to see her while she was out, but didn't say who it was. Since everything's okay at the bar, Sookie decides to walk next door to check on Sam, and Bernie is there. Sam is not doing so hot, you know, because he died. And Sookie is a little miffed that he's not back to normal yet and graciously thanking her for bringing him back to life. <laughs> Sookie has to relay the story of what happened the night he died because it seems he's forgotten that it was Janelin who killed him and that she is also dead. As Sookie is heading back to the bar, Bernie says that she and Sookie need to talk later. <laughs> we need to talk. Ooh, never a good sign. In the office, Sookie goes through the mail, and then Arlene walks in and asks for a job back, just as she's told to do by Steve and Johan. Sookie flatly refuses, on account of Arlene trying to crucify her, which, you know, is understandable. <laughs> and all kudos to Suki, she kept a straight face She throughout. really did. She really did. <laughs> they talk about Arlene's kids a little, and Arlene tries to convince Suki she's a better person now. <laughs> yeah, no. 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 Nope. You do not. You don't <laughs> ever, ever get a pass at attempted crucifixion. Nope. 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 <laughs> Arlene leaves, grumbling inside of her head about how she's got to go and tell her two new friends about what happened. Suki doesn't know who they are, just that they're two guys. Bernie comes by for a chat after Arlene leaves, and the whole story of Suki resurrecting Sam. She leaves because she knows Sam's in good hands with Sucky and promises her a life for saving her son. Hmm. Ooh. Elsewhere, Arlene talks with Steve and Johan about completing the task they gave her. They have one more thing for her to do, though. They tell her to go inside Sucky's house using her hidden for emergencies key and carrying a charm to get past her wards. They want her to go to Sucky's bedroom, get a scarf, and return it and the charm to them later that night. Arlene agrees. 
When Suki gets home from work later, she's proud that her house is clean and her drawers are tidy. Well, hey, wait a second. One of her drawers is slightly ajar. Hmm. Hmm. Suki looks through the scarves and belts and other accessories inside, but can't decide if anything is missing, though some things are out of place. Oh, well, shrug Shrug. Shrug, jeopardy's on. (laughs) She's got more things to be mad about than that drawer. Like Eric, for instance. She calls him up at Fantasia and tells him they need to talk face to face, but he says he's busy. She's upset that he doesn't appear to care about their relationship at all, but he says she has no idea how he feels. She would if she hadn't broke the blood bond. We would not be here today if Suki had not broken that blood bond. Yeah, exactly. In the middle of the night that night, Suki wakes to Eric in her bedroom. He tries to convey to her that he's doing everything he can to keep their relationship, but he's got to put up the charade of going through with Appius's Mary the Queen of Oklahoma request. He tells her he's leaving someone there to guard her and that the next time they see each other, it's gonna be bad. But she needs to remember that he loves her and he's doing what he can to make things better. Remember that words coming from his mouth. (sighs) She gets mad, of course, and then realizes that there's someone else in her bedroom. It's Karen, Eric's other child. The next day, Suki goes to work, and as she arrives, she notices that Bernie has gone and Sam is back to work. Hopefully that means he's back to normal, but uh, maybe not, because, you know, he died. Because he literally died. He literally died. (laughs) He's standing outside, staring in the dumpster. Suki goes to see what's up, and is shocked to see Arlene's body in there. Ooh! (sighs) And again? (laughs) It's It's really great. Oh, another body at my lots. That's just fantastic. Yeah. Suki and Sam honestly think for a minute about moving the corpse elsewhere, but decide against it and call the police. Andy and LC arrive, as well as Kevin and Kenya, and they all search around and investigate. It appears Arlene has been strangled to death with a scarf tied around her neck. <gasps> Ooh. Andy questions Suki and Sam, but they both have alibis for the night before, and he really doesn't think that they had anything to do with the murder anyway. I'll see you on the other hand. <sighs> they talk about the scarf around Arlene's neck, and Suki said it could be hers, but she can't remember the last time she saw it, and doesn't mention anything about the fact that her scarf drawer was literally open the day before. <laughs> Suki thinks she sees someone put something in Alcy's car, but she literally doesn't say anything about that either. <laughs> the police wrap everything up, and Merlots is able to open up in the afternoon. Elsewhere, Johan calls a silky-voiced man, letting him know that Arlene's body has been found with Suki's scarf around her neck. The magic coin Arlene used to get inside Suki's house has been returned, and a magic charm has been placed inside Alcy's car. Johan hopes that his and Steve's interaction with the silky-voiced man is over, but he's not quite finished with them yet. Oh. Ooh, a mysterious stranger approaches. Mysterious silky-voice. Suki's day at Merlot's is pretty busy. 
A lot of people come in talking about Arlene's murder, but no one thinks she or Sam had anything to do with it. Ahn talks a lot to a lot of people, but always about how Suki couldn't have killed Arlene, so that's good. Karen comes in as soon as the sun goes down and tells Suki that she's expected at Fantasia, but it's not like she can just drop everything and leave work. But that's exactly what she does. When they arrive at Fantasia, Suki is publicly released from her marriage to Eric in a ceremony involving cutting herself with a secret marriage knife. Eric did say their next meeting was going to be bad, and it was. After, King Felipe tells her she's not allowed to enter Fantasia again. Ever. So she goes home. Oh, well. She's barely there anyway, you know. Bill's waiting for Suki outside when she gets home, but she doesn't want to talk. Then there's a knock at the door, and Suki opens it, expecting it to be Bill. But it's Eric. He's come by to tell her that he still loves her. And they talked the night before about how he was going to have to do everything he did, but she's still really mad about it. He tells her he still wants to keep her, and that he's going to secret her away in Oklahoma, and essentially keep her as a side piece. (laughs) But she doesn't want all that. (laughs) Then he tells her he should have turned her into a vampire against her will, which again is not at all what she wants. (laughs) She rescinds his invitation to house, and now their relationship is definitely, definitely over. (laughs) When Suki wakes up the next day, she's arrested for Arlene's murder. Before her coffee? Oh. Ooh. Before her tomatoes? Oh. Elsewhere, Johan talks to the silky-voiced man and tells him it's done. Steve Newlin is pleased with Suki's punishment, but Johan is worried. The silky-voiced man is coming to talk to them in person the next day, and for some reason... Just no Han, no Han. Johan just doesn't want that to happen. Johan is a no Han. No Han. <laughs> Johan is no Han. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, Suki's time in jail was not very pleasant, mostly because of her cellmate. The town drunk Jane Boardhouse. She pukes and chits as soon as she wakes <laughs> up. It's quite disgusting. And you know what? There's no tomatoes. <laughs> no, there There's are. There are so tomatoes. Toma- no, there are so tomatoes. That's what she gets served in her lunch. There's literally tomatoes everywhere. Oh my god, wasn't there? <laughs> there was. Because there is a garden at the jail. And it is announced that there is a tomato. Freaking tomatoes. Anywho, after the gin boardhouse, you know, disgusting moment, mm-hmm. and between eating all the tomatoes, Jane tells Sucky that she saw Arlene with two men the night she was killed, which is fantastic, but, you know, she's, she's the town drunkard, and mm. probably no one's going to believe her. Nah. No. She ain't got no credibility. No. Mm-mm. Credibility tomatoes. <laughs> can I... Tomatoes of credibility. Can I tell you that I 
literally just looked up to see how many times tomatoes are mentioned in this book, and it is 16 times. I was going to go 52. 16 (laughs) in 22 chapters. That's almost a tomato per chapter. A tomato a chapter. I like it. (laughs) Where were we? I have no idea. They go before the judge, and Suki is happy to see a lot of her friends have shown up to support her. Pretty much everyone who can be outside in daytime is there, except for Sam, which Suki finds disheartening. The judge decrees that Suki can be released on bail because even though Alcee, who's seriously got something wrong going on inside his head, is convinced she's a murderer, there's really no concrete evidence that she's responsible, plus she has a witness that can put her at home during the murder time, and Jane saw Arlene with two dudes. Mustafa is there, and he puts up the bail money on Eric's behalf, even though they're broken up, and Suki gets to go home. Jason takes Suki home, and on the way, he makes fun of her for being arrested, like any good brother would, and also tells her that Sam was really pissed at everyone for her arrest and tried to get good lawyers and stuff, which Suki did not realise. When Suki gets home, she checks her voicemail and has a disturbing message from someone she doesn't know. So she calls Auntie Belfler, who comes to take the tape and investigate. She also talks to him about getting L.C. to clean out his car because she thinks there's something bad in there, making him mean. But he doesn't want to do that because he's so, you know, mean. <laughs> sound I mean, logic. Sound logic. <laughs> it's like, dude, can you clear out all those crappy coffee cups and takeout wrappers and while you're there, that cursed item? Mm-mm. No, can't ask him. Remove the cursed object. Can't ask him to remove the cursed object that is making him so mean on account of him being so mean. (laughs) But but, but he's a meanie. Andy, grow up her. (laughs) Jeez. Suki goes to work the next day, and it's surprisingly normal, considering she was just in jail for murder the day before. The only person who treats her differently than normal is Sam, which is, again, disheartening. Suki tells him about the weird phone message, and he's concerned about it and tells her he's got her back. But does he? Because he's acting real weird. Really weird. But you know what? He died. He died. He can... It was actual death. Yeah, he literally died. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of that message, when Suki gets home, she sees that Andy's called about it, and he has found out that someone broke into an empty house in New Orleans to make that call, which doesn't make any sense. Suki calls him back and tells him she knows several people in New Orleans, but no one who would do this. Suki asks Andy again about Alcee's car clean-out, but still, he's too mean to ask him to not be mean and clean out his car. After this phone call, Suki calls Mr. Cataliades and learns that he's on his way to see her, and he's bringing some friends. He's got business to take care of with Suki, and now that he's learned about the murder charge, plus some other things that are afoot, he's on his way. As Suki's getting ready for bed that night, Bill calls and asks to bring over the guy from the last book that wants to write a true crime novel about Kim with a Y. You know, the girl, Jenlyn, psyched on Eric, the last book. You know, she was murdered and like everybody was accused of the murder and uh-huh. there was a T-Rex wrestler uh-huh. and potatoes. Yeah, yes. That one. <laughs> 
Suki reads from the author's mind that he lost his job, which Bill didn't know about, and he's really, really into vampires. And he's got loads of gross questions, so Suki tells him to leave. Bill apologises for missing the creep vibes that the guy was giving off. Then he kisses her on the mouth and leaves. Bill obviously doesn't understand creep vibes. (laughs) Not at all. Man, that guy sure was being a creep. (laughs) (sighs) Suki calls Sam the next day to see when she's supposed to go to work, and he tells her not to come in, which, for the third time? Third time now? Fourth? It's disheartening. (sighs) It's also a good thing, because Suki totally forgot that Mr. Cataliades and friends are coming. The friends include Diantha, Amelia, Bob, and Barry Bellboy. <gasps> they arrive, and everyone gets settled in their own rooms. Suki is excited to see Barry Bellboy after so long, but before they can really talk, telepathically or otherwise, Amelia apologizes again for the naked Alcide incident. Suki's willing to keep their friendship afloat. Because of the baby. (gasps) (sighs) Suki reveals to Amelia and Bob that they're having a baby, which they did not know about. Barry and Mr. Catalides did, though, because they could read the baby's mind already, even though realistically it's probably way too early already. I mean... It's, it's not a thing. It's too early for that to be a thing. It's not a thing. This is not science. But, you know, hooray. Another baby for Sucky to be wistful about and for us to hear incessantly about. She and Barry step aside and let Amelia and Bob have a surprise baby discussion and Sucky finds out everything Barry's been up to since the bombing at the Vampire Summit at the Pyramid of Giza. Basically, he's been up to lots of vampire stuff and deaths and coups and pretty much just the same as Sucky. He seems to know more than Sucky about vampire politics, though. You know, for instance, he already knows about Eric and Queen Freda. I mean, Barry also mentions having seen Johann Glassport in New Orleans before they left, but that his brain was like blocked off somehow, so Barry didn't know what he was up to. Both Suki and Barry had interactions with him at the Vampire Summit, and both didn't like him very much on account of him being a sleazeball lawyer and also probably a murderer. But Definite serial killer vibes. Yeah, but you know, they haven't seen or heard from him since then, so... Shrug? Why should we worry about him? <laughs> Suki asks if Barry told Mr. Cataliades, and then he comes in and speaks for himself. Mr. Cataliades encountered Johan also, who said he was in town doing business for someone who didn't want to be seen. He agreed that his brain was weird, and that it was because of a concealing object he had that is probably of fey origin. We all wonder where he could have gotten such a thing. After 
After this short chat, Mr. Catalides gathers everyone so he can tell them all why they came together. Obviously, they want to clear Sookie's name for Arlene's murder, but there's more! Wait, you two can have these steak knives with the purchase. First, he asks Amelia not to tell anyone about her new baby, at least for a few days. And then he asks Sookie to explain everything that happened with Arlene and her murder. After the spiel, they all have a different plan of attack. Amelia wants to find the two men that Arlene had been dealing with, even though no one has any idea who they are. Bob wants to contact a touch psychic and have them see if they can get anything about the murder from Sucky's scarf that was around her neck. Barry wants to talk to the people who were watching Arlene's kids while she was in prison, and to the kids too, in case Arlene might have said anything about what she was up to. Diantha wants to steal the scarf because it's the only evidence they have tying Sucky to the murder, and she also wants to investigate Elsie's car to see if there's something in it making him crazy with Sucky Rich. These are all mostly decent plans, but before they talk further, Mr. Kitani suggests they go out for lunch. Good plan. Yes, I agree. That is the part of the plan I like. While they're eating, Quinn shows up. Because of course he does. He read on the shifter internet that Sam and Alcide were both talking about Sookie's troubles, so he decided to come help and also show Sookie pictures of his tiger baby fetus because we all know that Sookie needs to yearn after babies some more. (sighs) During their meal, Mr. Cataliades talks about Amelia's dad, Copley Carmichael, and what he's been doing in New Orleans. Amelia hasn't had much contact with him, but she knows things were bad for a while until suddenly they weren't. Well, that's because Copley sold his soul to a devil. More on that later. (laughs) Stay tuned. They decide to go to Walmart after this to get groceries, and while they're there, Sookie and Quinn see Sam, who dishearteningly greets them and flees after Sucky invites him over. Back at home, Mr. Catalides talks more about Copley and that he was after the cubial door, which he learned about from Amelia! This is not surprising since we all know that Amelia can't keep her freaking mouth shut. She's wired, honestly. Anyway, after he found out that Sucky used the Cluville door and that that's literally the only one that exists, he's gone mad with rage and wants to kill her because he wanted the Cluville door so bad and it's just... Yeah. Mm. Even though this is bad, Mr. Catalides doesn't think Copley is behind Arlene's murder because he wants to be more violent with Sucky and the murder Arlene and Frame Sucky scheme seems... It's just too clever for him, quite frankly. Which is great. Just... It's great. It's great. The group breaks up for a bit to do their own things for a while. So, Sucky and Quinn go for a walk. He wants to sniff around to see if anyone menacing has been around her house lately. He can smell some fairy, probably just, you know, because they used to be in her woods all the time. But then he notices someone walking on her property. It's daytime, so it can't be a vampire, but Sookie doesn't really get any brainwaves from whomever it is. Quinn, again, thinks it's a fairy, but they're all gone, so there's no way. By the time they get back in the house, whomever it is is gone. They think that maybe 
It could be a fairy who is left behind, or one that has gone rogue, or one that is an escapee from fairy. <laughs> that night, Sucky thinks about why Eric would have put up her bail money, but can't really figure out why he would have done that since they're not a thing anymore. Sucky and Amelia talk about Eric for a bit, but Amelia gets mad at him about him getting mad at Sam and the Cleveville door. Talk then, unsurprisingly, turns to Amelia's baby. Anywho, Sucky also emails Sam about why he's been so dishearteningly lately, but his only response is to come to work the next day. Quinn also emails about seeing two guys who look familiar at the motel he's staying at, so he's going to follow them. At last, something of good substance. Is it, though? Is it, though? Sookie goes to work, and everyone else sets off to do whatever things they planned on doing to solve the Arlene murder mystery. Work is normal. Except for Sam, who's disheartening again. Sookie tries to get him to spill about what's going on with him, but he says he can't, and Sookie doesn't understand why. She thinks he's acting like he's made a promise to someone to avoid her. But who on earth would do such a thing? After work, Alcide comes by, also wanting to help solve the Arlene murder mystery. He sniffs around and sniffs that Arlene has recently been in Sookie's room, but she had a charm with her in order to get through the wards around her house, so they decide that whomever killed her sent her to get that scarf and also probably to try to get her job back. But who would do that? They don't know. So Alcide leaves. Later, after dinner, everyone explains about their days. Quinn calls to tell Sucky that he recognised one of the guys at the hotel, but then they realised and left quickly. The guy he recognised was Johann Glassford. Ah, <sighs> uh -oh. oh, no. After Quinn tells Sucky that he can't help anymore because he has to go prepare to perform a vampire wedding ceremony in Oklahoma... Wah, wah. <laughs> Barry tells everyone that he talked to Arlene's kids and the person caring for them, and the only pertinent information he found out was that Arlene was going to do something that would pay off big for these two guys who got her out of jail, which obviously she did. Bob mentions that the Touch Psychic is coming the next day, and Diantha regales them with the story of turning into a police officer and stealing Sookie's scarf from the evidence locker. Amelia and Bob then talk about doing a new ward around Sookie's house and about how they went around town to see if the two men were staying at any rental properties. That was fruitless. It wasn't tomato-less, though. They also talk about the reason why... Speaking of, Sookie's tomatoes are so big, and only explain it by saying it's fairy magic. Well, friggin' duh. We already knew that. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Catality says that the fairy magic is not the only thing Niall left for Sookie when he took the fairies back to fairy. He also sold hooligans, the strip club Claude owned, and Claudine's house, and now Sookie's going to get... $3,000 a month forever. However, that math works. 
He also mentions that Claude is a prisoner in Fairy, but Sucky doesn't necessarily know what that means. She celebrates her windfall with ice cream, as you should. She's got Rocky Road and Dulce Leche. Now, see, I was really hoping that I would have gotten this paragraph to read because it really bothered me how honky-tonk they pronounced these words. She's got Rocky Road and Dulce de Leche. <laughs> Dulce de Leche. <laughs> I'll never say that ever again. (laughs) (laughs) Later that night, Amelia and Bob's new wards are tested when one of King Felipe's goons, Horst, tries to get in and gets zapped, creating a bright blue ring of light around Sookie's house and causing an alarm sound. Bill comes by, having felt the magic, and carries Horst off. Hooray! The wards work! Amelia finally did something right. Right? (laughs) Whatever. Everyone goes back to bed. Overnight, Bill leaves a message for Suki about King Felipe feeling bad about Horst coming over. Bill also said he told Eric that she has a bunch of good friends around keeping her safe, which prompted him to ask if Sam was one of them. Upon hearing that he was not, Eric laughed. (laughs) <laughs> Not suspicious at all. <laughs> the next morning, the touch psychic comes over and does a reenactment of Johann Glasspont reveling in killing Arlene. And Arlene, would you mind they're killing her and not Snooky? <laughs> the psychic doesn't know that Sucky is Snooky. But she tells them that whoever that person is is in trouble because these guys want her dead. (sighs) What's new? (laughs) Same old, same old. Suki goes to work after this and takes Diantha with her for safety reasons. Everyone in Merlots is curious about Diantha, but Sam knows she's part demon and asks about her. Suki tells him that all her friends are staying at her house and he should come too. But he says he can't, which is disheartening. Number five? No, we're, I think we're close to double figures now. Okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, at Sucky's house, Tyrese comes in and wants to kill Sucky, but she's not there. So he shoots Bob and ties Amelia up and Barry. He tells them he wants to kill Sucky because she took away Copley's only hope of getting Amelia back. He also mentions he's got nothing left to live for because his soul-sucking wish of getting the stripper love led to him getting HIV and his wish lover ending her own life. This is absolutely freaking terrible. This is a horrible story. Luckily, Suki, Mustafa and Warren arrive soon. Back at Merlot's, a couple minutes before, it's a regular day until Mustafa comes by and tells Suki that he's been sent to get the items Eric left at Suki's because he's leaving the next day. <laughs> Diantha leaves Suki with Mustafa and Warren to help Mr. Cataliades with something. When they get back to Suki's house, Tyrese comes out and shoots her, but Warren also fires. Sookie's been shot in the arm, but she's gonna be fine. And also, Bob is gonna be fine eventually. But Tyrese is definitely not going to be fine. He's dead. Literally dead? 
literally dead. That's just hot. I know. I know. Definitely dead. Altogether dead. Dead ever after. Dead and gone? It's been a dead reckoning. (laughs) Sookie is taken (laughs) to the hospital where she's pumped full of drugs and mostly everyone comes to see her. Even Sam! (gasps) And it's is not it? disheartening oh, this time. I was going to ask. Miracle. I was going to ask miracle. if it was disheartening this time. <laughs> no. <laughs> Though Eric does loom behind him for a little bit to tell Sucky he's leaving and to tell Sam he's not releasing him. But Sucky still doesn't seem to get it. Yeah. damn it. Mm. <sighs> Amelia comes in and talks about Bob staying in the hospital and being transferred to a big hospital later. So this is the last Suki sees of her. Barry comes in, but not Mr. Catalides or Deantha, because they're off doing something. Andy comes by with questions, but Suki's too loopy on pain pills to be of any good. Though she does ask him again to let someone look inside Alcee's car, which he finally, finally agrees. He ain't acting like himself, which, you know, duh. <laughs> so he try to tell you. Bill also left her a note, so he came by too. His note isn't only an encouraging get well note, but it also mentions something interesting, some very interesting news that he'll be able to discuss when they next meet. Mm. What could this be? Suki so leaves the hospital the next day with Jason's help. Michelle and Ann cleaned up all the blood in her house from Bob's shooting, so that's nice, and Hallie comes by to visit too. Then, when the sun goes down, Bill comes over and reveals to Sicky what Eric has done. <gasps> what has he done? What has he done? Sicky immediately calls Sam and he comes over, even though he promised Eric he wouldn't, and tells him why Eric has this hold on him. He had to ask Eric for money for Sookie's bail because he didn't have enough, which is sweet. But also, because of this, he had to promise Eric that he wouldn't try to court Sookie. Eric also had to make some promises to Freda because she was in the room when Sam went by. So he's no longer allowed to see Sookie one-on-one, and she can never enter the state of Oklahoma on penalty of death. I mean, apart from Vigilani, what is in Oklahoma? Nothing good. Nothing good. So now, Eric is clearly and cleanly out of the picture. And thus, Sam declares he wants Sookie to be his. At last! Oh my god! I'm not even going to gasp because it's taken far too long. Yes. They decide not to start up anything immediately. We become frustrated. Anywho. They're doing it on account of Sookie's gunshot and because she literally just broke up with Eric and, you know, rebound. But they're potentially going to try this out. Sam shares a note with Sookie that he found on the front door that lets her know that someone put something in her vampire hidey hole. Surprise! It's Corpley! Yeah, hooray! Wow. Oh. But how did he get in there? <laughs> Suki texts Mr. Catalides to see if he had anything to do with it, but doesn't get a response. Though he did leave a voicemail about he and Diantha running other errands and their search for Corpley because he had disappeared. Well, ta-da! He's here. here he is! 
<laughs> Sucky and Sam decide not to take the soulless Copley Carmichael out of the hidey hole just yet. So instead, they snuggle up together and take a nap. Aww. I'm sorry. Could you do that? Knowing that you've got a There's a guy, guy literally tied, tied up. Then you're just like, <laughs> nap time. I mean, I'll, I, we, you, we both love we a nap. We love a nap. We love a nap. I don't know. This is this is. Mm. I don't know. This, this one's going to be a question for the masses. Could you take a nap when you know that Kofi Carmichael is in your hidey hole <laughs> peeing himself? I love that they mention that he's peeing himself. Defecating in the hidey hole. Hmm. Probably drooling as he's snoring. Probably. Probably. Or like frothing at the mouth because I feel like he's yeah. real angry at this point. Oh. Yeah, definitely spitting He's mad. just frothing and spitting and peeing and shitting all over the place. Just body fluids everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> Elsewhere, Mr. Catalides, Diantha, and Andy Belfler arrive at Al C.'s house. He violently greets them with his wife, the sweet, sweet librarian, cowering behind him. They convince him to let Diantha search his car, and of course, she finds a weird hex thing that's been making Alcee irrationally hate Suki and everyone else. They burn the hex, and Alcee is on his way back to his normal self. Afterward, Mr. Cataliades sees the text from Suki, so they return to her house to determine what to do with Copley. Do they kill him? Eh, Suki <sighs> doesn't really want to murder anyone today. As they're pondering... Pam and Karen come by with an announcement. Pam has been made sheriff. Hooray! Karen reveals that she is the one who put Copley in the hidey hole and that she has been stationed outside Sookie's house for a year as part of Eric's departure plan. As the vampires leave with forehead and mouth kisses for Sookie, they take Copley with them to do with what they will. Nice! Another thing tidied up. And then Mr. Cataliades and Diantha decide to leave too. So now Suki is home alone. The next day, Suki slathers up, puts on a bikini and lays out in the sun. She's roasting nicely, but then she decides she wants to get an iPod from her locker at work. In and out in just a few minutes. And that's exactly what happened. When Suki gets to Merlot's, she sees Sam outside working in his yard and... They begin to talk, but uh, then talking changes to kissing, and kissing changes to sex, and now we've reached the end of the in and out joke. <laughs> Except, wait. <laughs> There's more. There's more. It happens again. Afterward, they again decide that they're going to, you know, not take things too fast, you know? And Suki goes home to get ready for their date. Michelle and Jason invited Suki line dancing after she got shot, and she decided that she was going to go, so now it'll be more fun because she's got a date. They all arrive at the dance hall, and Suki and Jason dance the cotton-eyed Joe, but as she's twirling around mid-dance step, Steve Newland and Johan Glassport grab her up and drag her outside. Somehow... Amongst all the cowboys with guns and the hooting and the hollering, Suki is thrown into a van and Steve and Johan jump in after her. But who's driving the getaway van? <gasps> it's Claude! Duffuck? <laughs> Finally, the big bad is revealed. And he is big and he is bad. 
Niall tortured Claude in Fairy for the attempted coup and trying to steal Suki's Glooville door. But, as it is revealed later, Niall thought there were traitors in Fairy, so when they brought Claude out of his imprisonment, they were taken care of while Claude was left to languish outside of Fairy. He obviously took this very well. I decided mm, to come mm-hmm. after Suki and make her suffer in prison like he was meant to do. This makes perfect sense. We have no questions. Move on. As they drive along, Claude tells Suki that he paid Johan, who hates Suki for not saving him after the explosion at the Pyramid of Giza, and also he just likes torturing women, to come and find her. And he got Steve to join in because he also hates Suki because she got his wife arrested. Together, they cooked up the convoluted Arlene plan. Finally, Suki asks, Why? Claude, why would you treat me like this? And it basically boils down to the fact that she wouldn't have sex with him. She declares, again, for the millionth time, that he's gay. Which really grosses out the good reverend and the lawyer, which of course makes us all mad, but especially Claude. He uses some sort of fairy magic to get his accomplices aroused with each other's penises, and then they go bonkers and start fighting in the van. Suki takes this opportunity to jump. She runs through the cornfields and discovers that a ton of people from the dance hall followed them and have come to her rescue. Claude, Steve, and Johan get out of the van, still fighting, and then they're all shot by cowboys. Nice and tidily wrapped up again. The next day, Mr. Catanides and Diantha are at Suki's house with Barry, who they found being tortured by Claude and Johan and Steve. The reason why they were torturing him? Freaking Hunter. Son of a bitch. (sighs) Literally. Claude told Johan and Steve about the tiny telepath and how they could mould him to become whatever they wanted, so they wanted to find out about him. And apparently, the way to do that was to torture Barry. Oh well. They're all dead now. So, you know. And no one else knows about Hunter, as it should be. Barry needs help recovering, so Suki calls up Bernie, Sam's mom, and she asks her to watch over him while he recuperates. She said she owes her a life, after all. Mm. Finally, finally, we wrap up our 13th book series with a wedding. Suki walks down the aisle and stands next to... Michelle, did you forget about did you forget about the wedding, Jason's wedding, and all the, cause cause of all the convoluted craziness happening. I didn't. There was a yellow dress and a shit scared werewolf yeah. involved. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Jason and Michelle get married, and Sookie thinks that she and Sam are gonna live happily ever after too. The end? Question mark. No, it's the end for the love. Oh, fuck. It's the end! (gasps) No, I I know, there's after dead. That doesn't count. (laughs) (laughs) Right, well. I'm going to go and recharge my sarcasm and cynicism pots. If you'll just give me a warning. You know what? You know what, Claire? I am disheartened by that and also I'm gonna go and eat a tomato. <laughs>
Please remember that Fictional Hangover is a free podcast and always will be. If you'd like to support the show, become a patron of ours on Patreon at patreon.com fictionalhangover, then come back. Your support will help us bring you more spoiler-filled discussions and ridiculous content you know and love. Now, back to the episode. All right. Well, firstly, I'm going to say I totally called it that Sam and Suki would end up together. Obviously. So, you know, points to me. Yes. Obviously. Yes. I mean, it wasn't, you know, the most well-hidden twist. No. <laughs> but no. I'm still taking I'm still taking kudos points for that. Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's totally fine. How convoluted are these last books? <laughs> I, I, I just, I can't, I can't handle it. And even, like... They it, they even say in the text that it is convoluted. Like you're you're an author, you're sitting down and you're writing, and you're like writing all this garbledygook, and then one of your characters literally says to you, "This is convoluted. What are you doing?" And she's like, "Well, <laughs> well, well, I mean, this tomato, it's gonna be convoluted, <sighs> but I'm a good Christian." There was, Who eats tomatoes? <laughs> there was so much of that in this one, too, on account of the devil and the souls. Ugh. Right, okay. Can I point out what I did enjoy first? Yes. There was still a lot of good stuff that I enjoyed. The, so there was. much. There was. The change of perspective. No! So, uh. No, 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 no. Let, hear me out, hear me out. Hear uh. me out. You, know when we, you know when we did The House of Night? Yes. And we got to book six and we're like, oh, thank God, it's somebody else other than Zoe. Yes. Because at this point, we were freaking sick of Zoe. And it changed perspectives. We got to hear from other people. I enjoyed the changing of perspective. However. Don't do it in the last fucking book. Exactly. Ah. And don't do the whole, a medium man and a tall man were talking. One who had a slight girth issue. Was talking to a person who had a receding hairline. I'm sorry, no, just name them. Just put the names in. It's just that was just. Uh, and a portly man was sitting in a restaurant overhearing the conversation. It's Mister. <coughs> sorry, uh, Mister Cataldes. Just put the name. I so I enjoyed the change of perspective, but too little, too late. So that's a positive. Was it? <laughs> sort of. It was covered in sauce. Yes. Spicy, spicy sauce. Yes, it was. Um, so I really enjoyed Mr. Cataliades, like, coming to the rescue. Yes. I think he's one of my top favorite characters of the entire series. Oh, I completely agree. And I, I really enjoy Diantha as well. So I'm just yep. going to nip ahead and say my favorite characters were Diantha and Mr. Cataliades. Yep. I love those two characters. Yep. Um, they actually talk sense. Yeah, they you do. Know, the logical, the communicate. Yeah. Um, and I really like Diantha's ability that she developed in the last book for whatever reason, being able to turn into other people. And that it paid off again in this one because she was able to turn herself into Kenya and go into the evidence locker and like take the scarf and swap it with another scarf. Like I really, I really liked all of that. Yes. 
And I liked seeing Barry again. Yeah, it was nice to get some follow-up with Barry, see how he was doing. Yeah. Do you... I didn't necessarily need it, but it was no, nice. it was nice. And, um, I mean, I, I don't really care about fucking Quinn showing up. But I did not understand it. It, it was it was pointless. The, the, especially given the last time that Quinn and Sucky had talked, it was quite vicious. It was not as friend. They did not part as friends. And now he turns up at the barbecue place they're having lunch at, sits down and joins them, and then starts bringing out the baby pictures and start talking like the best pals. It just it didn't make any sense. Well, now they had a phone conversation. About, like, on Sookie's birthday or something. But it was awkward and it wasn't a friendly conversation. It wasn't it, to the point. It wasn't not friendly. It was awkward. But it, I wouldn't have that kind of, you know, conversation with someone and then turn up when they've been accused of murder and be like, I'm going to go and start sniffing around no. for you. It, yeah. it didn't correlate. No. They, they didn't have that level of friendship anymore. No. And it was very weird. Um... But I like how you liked the change of perspective. I kind of liked this time, even though it was way too much, all of the characters popping in and you're seeing everybody's stories wrap up for the last time. I was okay with that. However, where was Bubba? Yeah. You got... You got fucking Quinn coming back. You've got fucking Steve Newland coming back. Like, oh my god! And Johan Glass. We'll like, well, you you can mention them, but you and you can create a whole new character. Which, by the way, excuse me, Karen Slaughter. She's an author. Did did Charlene Harris lose some kind of bet? Is this a T Rex bet again? You got to... <laughs> it's like Karen Slaughter's like, all right, you got to put my name in your last book, and she's like. Okay, I'm gonna give Eric a random other child and call her Karen, Karen the Slaughterer. And then, as Suki is wont to do, she shortens her name and calls her Karen Slaughter, and it's literally another author, even spelled the same way. It it's got to it's got. She to had be. to have lost another bet. Yeah. That was my surprise, by the yeah. way. Karen Slaughter, just... Hey! If we're going to jump ahead a little bit... Sorry. No, it's fine. But it's actually going to tie into what I want to talk about. Because my surprise is, what the fuck? It was Claude, Steve Newland, and Johan Glassport. With Copley, Carmichael in the background. Yeah. What? What? Seriously? What? 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 Why? What? It... it- North. <laughs> yep, that's how I felt too. And do you know what was also ridiculous? What? Freaking homophobia oh, saved a life. Oh my god, that was terrible. But it was also hilarious. Yes, it was both terrible and hilarious. But yeah, homophobia saved her life. I'm... I just... Uh, nah. Uh, mm. Yeah. And why? Why? 
You've got Mr. Cataliades, right? Yeah. Shit hot lawyer. Okay? Yeah. Who will be able to do things outside the law because Mr. Cataliades. Right. Why did nobody check Arlene's discharge papers for the names of the people who signed her bail and got her out of prison? I know. And go, oh, look, look. It says right here, Steve Newland and Johan Glassport. It actually probably said a medium man and a tall man. <laughs> Fucking hell. Paid by a silky-voiced man. Honestly, I'm like, it It was. It added to the ridiculous convoluted nature of this entire story that the basic thing of there is always paperwork. Yeah. I just didn't get it. I don't. I don't understand it. We, I did not need Claude coming back to enact revenge because Suki wouldn't have sex with him. I yeah. didn't need Steve Newland because, quite honestly, I'd forgotten about him in the Fellowship of the Sun because they yeah. were off books and books ago. Yeah. Johan Glasspop at the Pyramid of Giza incident, books and books ago, and Copley Carmichael all of a sudden has sold his soul to the devil. Fine, fair enough. You do, you mate. But now he knows about the Cluvial door because of Amelia. Because she's a gobshite and wants to kill Suki because she had the audacity of using the cluvial door, which was hers. I don't know, man. It's convoluted. Do you know what? I'm actually feeling rage at this whole story. It's convoluted as fuck. I am honestly getting angry at it. It's not how I would have liked to have ended no. the story. And I agree. I, I like characters coming in and sticking their head in the door. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm all right. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Good. And it, that's fine. That's cute. It's sweet. It helps wrap it up and finish everything off. But this was just ridiculous. I would have preferred it was just a deer at Merlot's and everybody just comes in and has a burger and talks to Sucky and then yeah. move on. That That's all I needed. Yeah. I didn't need this yeah. whacked out shit. Yeah. Can I ask though? Yes. There's something that you've been wanting to say for a couple of weeks about what was left over or potentially... The one thing... Are you talking about the one thing that I swear happened? And yes. That, and that if I was wrong that an alien implanted a false memory in my brain... Did an alien implant a false memory in your brain? Yes. I swear I have a crystal clear memory of reading these books and fucking Debbie Pelt showing up again, somehow still alive, and, like, she had a short haircut, and in my crystal clear vision, they're standing outside looking through a window at something going on, like Suki is looking at something, and fucking Debbie Pelt comes by. And she's, like, there, and she's like, how are you here? I thought you were dead. And she was like, no, I'm not dead. And then she was nice, and then she just went away, and that was the end. I swear to God this memory is in my head. So I've just been waiting for it, every single book. It never happened. (laughs) It did not happen. Do you know what that... It didn't happen. Amanda, that would make more sense than what actually happened in this I, book. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. And, like, for some reason, in my head, she didn't die because, like, she was buried close to the fairy portal. 
and she was just able to get up and leave or something. This is this is how my brain made sense of it. But I swear, I had this <laughs> crystal clear memory of Suki like looking in a window outside of something going on. I don't even know when the fuck that would be, but. <laughs> Debbie Pelt comes up and she's like, I, no, I thought you were dead. And she was like, no, you didn't kill me. I like, I mean, I thought you did, but we all thought, everybody thought I was dead, but I'm not dead. And I'm like, I've finally gotten over all my rage and I'm here to help you. Wow. That is too, it's too. It's so specific. It's too much. It's too specific for me to have just completely made that up. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Wow. I don't know. Wow. False memories. It's a... I wonder if anyone else has these false memories, and maybe it's a um, Mandela... I mean, I have false memories about other things. No, it's it, I, It's like a Mandela situation. That. It's a Mandela effect. I think it's happening. Okay. <sighs> Moving away from that. I'm sorry. No, don't don't apologize. Like, that's really it's really quite freaky. It is. I swear, I swear it happened, but it didn't. So it's fine. Well, considering the entire series in our brains has been out of sequence. It's so. true. I just made this up. Maybe, maybe what it was is that when I finished the book and went, what? It really would have been better. All of this, you're bringing back people from past books. It would have been so much better if friggin' Debbie Pelt showed up. Maybe that's what it was. And then I just wrote my own Debbie Pelt story. Because <laughs> being safe through homophobia from the random bad guys that have come up, come back from books ago yeah. just was too much to yeah. for your brain to compute. Yeah. No, I, I can... I'm, I'm happy with that explanation. That's obviously science, right? There. It is. That's science. It is. It's a coping mechanism. It is. Jeebus. Yeah, I don't know. Should we talk about Eric's departure? I mean... Bye, Eric. Yeah. Annie, take good care of him. Yes, please, Annie. Please take good care of Eric. I'm, I'm fine with it. However, I believe, I truly believe deep down in my heart that if Sicky hadn't broken the blood bond the whole thing would have turned out differently. Yes, I agree. I very much agree. I think if she'd kept the blood bond as well, she might have actually turned vampire eventually. Yeah. I think it would have been fine. Yeah. It would have been less convoluted. <laughs> Slightly less convoluted. Yeah. But I wish they just sat down and explained... This is what's going to happen. We can't. We can be together in these circumstances where basically you're my bit on the side, right? And so he's like, no, because Freda will freaking kill me. Yeah, and I don't want that. <laughs> as to soon happen. as she finds out, and I don't want that to happen. You don't want. That. Nobody wants that no. to happen. Or that's it. We have to call it because it can't get out of the contract. You know, tried, can't, it's not possible. And that's just it is, the end. And that's so we have to call it out and in our relationship and we both want different things out of the relationship and they don't match and just have an amicable breakup rather than 
Eric forcing Sam to promise to not go near her and randomly assigning Karen Slaughter to watch Sucky's yeah. house for a year. And we should get some writing done. I mean, I'm I'm kind of I I kind of enjoyed the Eric making Sam make this promise, but I wonder like it just kind of wasn't a thing anymore. You know, I feel like if if Eric if Eric had like compelled him to stay away, cuz that's what it seemed like. It seemed like Sam had been compelled. Yeah. To to avoid Sookie, to be disheartening with Sookie. But he just made him promise that he wouldn't do any of this I believe Charlie and Harris forgot that vampires have special powers. Honestly, I think it's as basic as that. Or, you know, was it to make it even more hurtful that Eric is doing it technically of his own volition? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I don't, I, my brain hurts too much to come up with an answer for it. I know. I know. Um I feel like we should I feel like we should say some more things that we like about the book cuz we've just constantly been not saying those things. I like tomatoes. Me too. Me nice. too. nice. Yeah, I like tomatoes. I enjoy salsa. Yeah. I like tomatoes. Cheese and tomato sandwiches are mm, yep, nice. Yep. I just like to just bite into a raw one. Yeah, yeah. I've, I, I, I like mine cold, so I actually keep mine in the refrigerator. Yeah, and I know a lot of people don't. No, I do too. I do too. Yeah. They're better that So I've got way. them in the, the easy, just to, the grabbing distance. Yeah. And I often will just have, like when I was at university studying, I would often have a snack of like cubed cheese and tomatoes mm-hmm. and pickles and that would be my my brain food as i was doing my assignments yeah um i often will snack on tomatoes tomatoes are are, are one of my go-tos i like to eat tomatoes i would eat tomatoes every single day um you know little bite-sized ones yes little cherry ones my son gets wrong for eating all of my mother's cherry tomatoes (laughs) she shouldn't leave them on the counter eat them no just eat them all just eat them um anything else besides tomatoes that you liked uh it was nice to meet sam's mom yes officially because she Uh was included in a short story Uh but now she's actually part of the story yeah she was she was pretty good i liked bernie yeah. She seems to like Suki as well. Got a lot of trust in her. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. I like that everyone seems to know that Suki and Sam are going to be a thing. Like, Kennedy was hinting about it when they both called in sick. And Tara was talking about it. And then... <laughs> Uh, Bill mentions it when explaining the use of the Cluvial door and why Eric felt the way he did. And, like, you probably wouldn't have just wished any of your random buddies back to life. And she's like, huh? I mean, maybe. I don't know. I didn't think about it. And he's like, yeah. 
and intense look. Yeah, and then Eric obviously knows because he makes makes him promise not to hit on her. I don't know, but and and Bernie, Bernie too was like, okay, well, I'm I I can't do anything to help Sam be happy again. Understood, but you can. So bye. Ooh, ooh, ooh. More comment than actual positive or negative. The writer for Kim with an eye, a wise story. Mm-hmm. What the heck? I don't know. Why? How weird was he? Why did we need that? We did not he need was a... that bit added in. No, but he was he was creepy, creep, creep, yeah, creep. He was gross. He was creepy with creep face. Yeah, he was gross. And apart from the unnecessary unwarranted mouth kiss from Bill. Right. Bill wasn't too bad this one. Right. And I did enjoy when he had he was taking great joy in uh revealing Eric's secrets. Yes, I really liked like that. Like haha payback bitch. Yes. I really liked that. I liked again, just like in the last book, my surprise for the last book was that I didn't hate Bill. I didn't hate Bill in this one except for the random mouth kiss. When he was just talking about, oh, oh, didn't really realize that this guy was a creep. All right, mouth kiss. Bye. Mouth kiss. <laughs> Do you think it's a satisfying end to the series? I'm going to say no. Nah. It It was, as one of the characters says, convoluted. Yeah. And I don't feel like it's done justice to the entire series. I think the last three books have let down the first ten. I I mean, we know from a couple of books ago that she just, just wanted to finish it up so she can make her video game. That's it. You can tell she's checked out of the series. And I know there's contractual obligations involved. It's, you know, legal affairs that she needs to fulfill. Yeah. But it's just a shame it kind of ended, for me, a bit flat. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Shall we play Would You Rather? <sighs> yeah. yeah. Would you rather read the Sucky Stackhouse's books again or Not. Twilight? Not. Oh, yeah, Twilight, yeah. I thought you were going to say, or not do that no i'm being very you know always be plugging next year's yes yes first series all right okay because we're the lords and masters of all that we severe we are allowed to make our own would you rathers and we had to we had to link to the last book we did it was too important exactly and frankly this has just encompassed our lives right it now. It has. It took over. It's it's pervasive. Would you rather eat tomatoes or potatoes? <laughs> <laughs> On Facebook, seventy-eight percent said potatoes. On Instagram, it was eighty-two percent for potatoes. On Twitter, it was sixty percent for potatoes. And on TikTok, it was seventy-five percent for potatoes. I honestly Clearly. think chips help win it over. I think so too. We have lots of comments. Yes, yes, 
<laughs> Emily on Facebook said, in my humble opinion, potatoes are better than tomatoes. Bree on Facebook says, first rule of Vampire Book Club, all vampires all the time. Second rule of Vampire Book Club, all potatoes all the time. <laughs> Bree has embraced the potato life. Yes, yes, she has. <laughs> Stephanie on Facebook said, Tomatoes are the nectar of the gods, especially with salt, pepper, and Duke's mayonnaise. I'm going to assume Duke's mayonnaise is a specific American brand. It is. It is. Okay. Yeah. We'll replace that in the UK with Hellman's. Hmm. Okay. I mean, we have Hellman's here too, but Duke's is fancier. Ooh, yeah. fancy mayonnaise. Yes. Ooh. Vincent on Facebook says, Potatoes, as they're way more versatile. Colin on Facebook said, Potatoes, boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Lovely big golden chips with a nice piece of fried fish. Also, much more effective when you're throwing them at people locked in the stocks, which is a thing that I'm about 87% certain still happens. Onion market towns. Peter on Facebook says, Potatoes, because there's no such thing as tomato tots. <laughs> yeah. Annie on Facebook said this one is hard because I like to eat seasonally. Tomato basil sandwich is perfect in summer since it's winter I have to go with potatoes because it's the season of the rashlet first had this cheesy potatoey goodness years ago in Switzerland. Now it's tradition for New Year's Eve. Perfect for supping up the champagne and damn my stomach has literally just growled at the thought of that I heard it. I heard it. I'm not surprised. <laughs> At Hermione Simpson on Twitter says, Chips, crisps, mash, roast, hash browns, baked, croquettes, etc. It's gotta be potatoes. And Dragonheart9955 on TikTok said, Potatoes, definitely. You didn't say how I had to eat them. French fries? Mm, yes. <sighs> Big plate of chips. This is a very difficult question for me. I am intrigued by what answer you're going to go with. If there is one would you rather that I literally cannot answer, it's this one. I love how it seems so simple on the outside, but when you really dig into it. I mean, I literally eat tomatoes at least four days out of every week, if not more. But I also really like potatoes. I guess... I guess I have to choose potatoes simply because you can prepare them in more ways. Potatoes are a staple. You have... Yeah. You can do anything with potatoes. You can't quite do as many things with tomatoes. So I guess I have to betray my tomato friends. How about we compromise? You take the tomatoes, I'll take the potatoes. And together we'll, we'll make a meal. share? Yeah. Okay. Okay, should we do that? Yeah. Oh, I feel bad for that. Okay. Would you rather sell your soul to a devil for a wish? Or make a wish with a cluvial door. I'm going to go with a cluvial door just simply then I'm not selling my soul and I can keep it for later in case I need a second wish. 
like I already don't have a soul. You can always tell because if the electric doors open up or not. If you open, you've got your soul with you. Yeah. If the door, no soul. Yeah. I also, I kind of liked the, like, ragey, crazy progression that they underwent after selling their souls. And, you know, me being the villain that I am, I might have to go with that option. Fair enough. I'm just going to point out, though, you wouldn't be a lovable asshole. You're more likely just to just be an asshole. a regular asshole. asshole. An asshole asshole. Yeah. No, it's fine. You may be a garbage person. Oh, I don't want to be a garbage person. I'm just saying that could be the way you go. Because look at Copley. He, 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 in, in Tyrese, they were garbage That's at the true. end. That's true. And then Copley was just sitting down in that hole spitting and foaming at the mouth and vomiting and pissing and shitting all over himself yeah I don't want to do that so much butt juice yeah I don't know I still you know will always choose to be a villain so you could choose a clue wheel door make the wish for ultimate cosmic power itty bitty living space no (laughs) hey you're making the wish you you set your parameters And then, then you become the asshole. Okay. Because you've got ultimate cosmic power. All right, thanks. Yeah, I'll take that. Okay. <laughs> so eat. Done. <laughs> Dan and Dan, you have now sold your soul to me. <laughs> Next question. Would you rather Suki ended up with Eric, Sam, Bill, Quinn, or Alcide? You know, we talked about asking this question a long, long time ago. And I think in my head, I assumed that it would be, we would not be asking about Suki ending up with one of them, that we would ask who we would choose, who we would want to end up with. Okay, so who would you want to end up with? I mean, it's going to be Eric. Why is it Eric? <laughs> would you rather end up with Eric, Sam, Bill, Quinn, or Alcide? And why, and why is, is it Eric? Because that's my answer. It's definitely Eric. And I wouldn't have put up so much of a fuss about being turned. I would have been well, like... Well, no, because you'd literally be going, look, 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 yeah, look, there we go. There we go. Hold on, I'll hold just get on. an alcohol wipe. Hold on, let me, let go. me just... Uh, uh, yeah, I'll just tie my hair back. What position's easier for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. You know, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. But if we, if I answer this question the original way, what I would have rather have happened, did I say have too many times? I. It was disheartening either way. I wish, it was disheartening. I wish that, <laughs> that Suki hadn't broken the blood bond. Yes. And things just would have... I think we've discussed yeah. this already, really. It would have just gone on its merry way, and they would have been fine forever, and it would have been fine. Yeah. Um, Eric with Bloodbond. Yeah. End book 10. Yep. Done. Nine. Yeah. Um, done I done. do I do really like that Suki ended up with Sam, though, because I do really, really like Sam in his fold-out wallet photo album that he carries with him at all times. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Sam and Suki make sense. They do. But Sam's too good for Suki. Sam is too good for Suki. He deserves better. But who's better in this little town? 
Because you know he's well, not know. leaving. Like We could just write the character in randomly at the end. It seems to be a thing. Yes. It's that it's that weird version of Debbie Pelt that I created. <laughs> That's who he ends up with. Yes. Because she was fine. Alternate universe, Debbie Pelt. Because she was fine. Who's and she was nice. Lovely. Yeah, she was lovely. She, she apologized. She returns her books to the library early. She does. She volunteers at the animal shelter. Yeah, she was a really good person. She's lovely. Mm. And she's who we want Sam to yes. end up with. Yes. Yes. All right. Is it time for my secret question? Oh, it's the last, it's the sucky, last secret sucky secret question. I can I say I really enjoy doing this. As stressed out as I've been about these secret questions, I have loved it. Yeah, and we need to keep these going in twenty twenty three. I agree. I agree. All right. I was really worried that our conversation earlier was going to lead this way, and I'm really glad that it didn't, because my question is, would you rather have read this book or just left it at book 12? Do I have to read up to book 12? Why? Why are you doing this to me? I would have gladly left it at book 9. Possibly 10. But at least 12 we determined that 12 had a very satisfying ending with all yes, the pieces wrapped up. I did not up. need this book. I would have liked it a <laughs> book 12. I I would I would have happily not have read this book, but I have now so tick. It's, it's it is it is noted in my Goodreads challenge. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Just drop it. The end. Okay, my secret question. I'm assuming you're ready for this. I am. Would you rather be turned into a vampire by Eric, Bill, or Pam? And why is the answer Eric? Because I love Eric. I wouldn't want to choose Bill. Because, ugh, Bill. But I might potentially be okay with choosing Pam. I like Pam. She was a good, strong contender for favorite character most of the books. Yes. You see, I'm actually tempted more by Pam than I am about Eric. Because if I want to be with Eric... I don't want him to have the sire control over me. Oh, yeah, that's a good... So that's good why point. I'm thinking Pam, because, yeah. well, Bill's just no. Bill's a no. Yeah, no, Bill's but, no. But, yeah, that's why I'm thinking Pam, because at least then, I mean, it's weird that you're dating your grandsire. Right. But is it because it's vampires? Um, but I would hope that level of removal would mean that it's also a safety net within the relationship. Okay. So that's my sensible answer. That's fine. That and it means I can be best gal pals with Pam. Yeah, I would love to be besties with Pam. But see, if Eric turns you and then Pam then Pam is your sister, so then you can also be sister besties with Pam. Well, that is very true. That is very true. But it all comes down to the the level of control. I wouldn't want Eric to basically say something and I would have to do it. Yeah. That's that. That's that leads to the potential abuse of power. Mm. 
That's okay. I would be fine with it. I just, I just always choose Eric, so. It's fine. <laughs> Do you know what I'm distressed by? The lack of nipples in the last I few know. books I know. Well. I was really, really <laughs> upset by it. And I really, I think that we should have, I would love to have a wrap-up episode at some point, a bonus sort of thing, because what I wanted to do and that I haven't had time to do, what with it being the holidays and all, I would like to finalize the nipple count, although it has not changed since the last time. There were no additional nipples mentioned. But I would also like to see how many times Suki said that she can dance but cannot sing. Yes. It happened at least twice in this one. Yes. I would also like to see how many times she yearned after a baby and how many times she made a, oh, but I'm too Christian, oh, Christian, whatever. I'm not a good Christian for doing this, for killing all these people. I would like to find those things out. So whether, whether it happens in a bonus episode or I just have a few moments... In the next few days to tally those things I up. think it would be good to do a bonus for everybody. Yeah. It would be a good... It's such a long series yeah. and it would be nice to have a wrap-up. Yeah. We'll see about that. Yeah. We'll see about Watch doing this that. Watch this All right. Favourite final thought quote? I'll give you three. Oh, okay. Life should imitate romance literature more often. Yes. Your life was not right when you were actually surprised that someone didn't want to kill you. That belonged in the big pile of things that weren't my problem. Oh, very good. Very good. What have you got? Well, I collected several, and also I picked out one that I thought that you would really like. So I'm just going to start with that one. I was in a better mood altogether as I ate and read Two of my favorite activities. Oh my god, that really is me. <laughs> she hides the sweet packets she was nibbling on before we started recording. Um, another one that I gathered just for you. <laughs> they say your best friend will help you move a body. It's very true. It is very true. And now I've just got the rest that I chose for myself. And there's several of them and I really liked them all. One... That's pretty convoluted. Two. Are you feeling sorry for yourself? Three. I was so confused I couldn't speak. That's just my wrap-ups for this entire thing. And then I have one more that I really, really like. You're a literary fangbanger. True. True. So true. You're a literary fangbanger. Hmm. All right. If you liked this, try this. I'm going to be honest. I read. I mean, there. Are, I could. I could give you something. I could. Right. Yes. But I really think there's only one thing that we can recommend. I agree with you because I have something that I found and I could recommend. However, we made an entire like 
two-minute video about something very recently that we need to talk about. And we're both very excited. We are both very, very excited about it. Twilight. Twilight! gonna do twilight i'm so so excited excited. i'm so (laughs) excited about reading twilight oh i can't i can't wait so here let me just let me just take us back in time to 2005 about three things i was absolutely positive first edward was a vampire. Second, there was a part of him, and I didn't know how dominant that part might be, that thirsted for my blood. And third, I was unconditionally and irrevocably in love with him. Deeply seductive and extraordinarily suspenseful, Twilight is a love story with bite. Description from Goodreads. Love it. So excited. Love it. I'm so excited. It's going to be terrible. (laughs) It's going to be magnificent. (laughs) I am. I'm so ridiculously looking forward to it. I've wanted to reread them for ages. Me too. (sighs) Me too. I mean, the, the question is, why? How have we never covered them before? We've done Midnight Sun, and you've covered some of the side we projects. Did, yeah, we did Life life and Death, Life After Death, whatever the gender swap version was called in the before times. So, yeah. Life and Death. Yeah, and then we did Midnight Sun, and Claire, I loved our Midnight Sun episode. I loved it. It was so yes. ridiculous. Oh, that conversation about the car. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and Jake Abel's voice. And yes. Oh my God. Yeah. So I'm really excited to start this one with our first. I cannot wait. I know. I can't. I'm so excited to discuss it with you. And I'm so excited wait. to discuss it with all it's gonna, of the literary fan It's going to be so great. <laughs> so I feel I'm like. So Right now, with this episode, we have given plenty of notice for our next book in Vampire Book Club. And we talk about these books together as a book club on Zoom the last Tuesday of every single month. And that's going to continue. So if you want to join in on our Twilight Conversations, join us. Join us. It'll be fun. Yes. Those book club conversations are bonkers. So. The, I, I, you can't predict them. No, it's so much fun. You cannot predict them. So now everyone has plenty of opportunity to read Twilight and join us in our book club discussion of it. I feel like we should just wrap it up. We should just wrap it up right there. Because this is the last episode of 2022. Everything's wrapped up nicely and neatly in a tidy little box with a beautiful little bow. It's not convoluted it's at not all. It's not convoluted or confusing or disheartening at all. No. 
All right. That's it for this final episode of Fictional Hangover 2022. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. Join us next time as we discuss Heartstopper Volume 2 by Alice Oseman. Look out for our Would You Rather polls on social media. Don't forget about our book club and monthly challenges on Facebook. Be sure to visit our shop on Redbubble at fictionalhangover.redbubble.com for all your favorite fictional hangover-themed merchandise and become a patron of ours on Patreon at patreon.com slash fictionalhangover. Until next time, remember, the only cure for a fictional hangover is another book. up on 2022 <laughs> you can find us at fictionalhangover.com follow us on instagram at fictionalhangover find us on facebook at facebook.com slash fictionalhangover and on twitter at fictionalhangover no er if you like this episode check out our others and be sure to rate review and subscribe so you don't miss out and finally special thanks to liz emerson for her music you can find her on facebook and patreon thanks for listening <laughs>